Welcome to another impactful message from Cornerstone Church, where we truly believe there is one hope for every heart, Jesus Christ. If you'd like to check out more resources or view video of this sermon, visit us online at cornerstonerome.com. Go to the book of Titus. We're going to take our time to look at this small book of the Bible today, the book of Titus. Paul's, um, I call it a complimentary book that he writes. Basically, 1st, 2nd Timothy and Titus are very similar. We'll talk about that a little bit uh, here today. And I just want to remind you, also like Gary was just saying, uh, plenty of things there going on. Uh, if, if you don't have uh, a chance to get, uh, like as far as on the website, I don't use it very much. Um, I do for some things, but I, I don't always go to our website. I get text alerts. It helps me a lot. So they'll put this up there for you. If you want to if you're not yet getting alerts for the church, your kids, youth, you, and all that kind of stuff that goes on, you can just do that, and uh, that's how you do it right there. And you just click on your phone and do that today at some point. They'll send you reminders. You don't have to keep up with anything. That's what I do. I mean, it's a, it's a blessing for stuff like that. So um, in Titus uh, is an interesting um, uh, book, again. Like So when Paul is writing this to Titus, he assumes that you also understand his basis for um, uh, the book of Titus, which would be First and Second Timothy, he would under, he would expect you to know certain things about First and Second Timothy to understand Titus. Titus is not a standalone book; it's a complementary book. It goes with something. It's kind of like you know, hamburgers goes with cheese, and it's a cheeseburger. And if you want to take it all the way home, you throw bacon on it, and now they go together. They complement one another. Now, bacon by itself, I mean, you maybe don't eat pork. I don't eat pork either. Bacon is different. It's not pork. I don't consider that to be pork. I'm just being honest, especially if you get some real good bacon from somewhere. It's not considered pork. It's, uh, it's separate. I don't know. You can put bacon on chocolate. It makes chocolate better. You can put bacon on apple pie, and it makes apple pie. I don't know. It's an amazing little product that you're not supposed to eat a lot of, but it does a lot of great things. It complements just about anything you put with it, right? So this book is a complimentary book. And so what Paul is focused on with, T- with Titus, coming from Timothy, is, is the idea of, of good church leadership, of how a church should function, how a church should be built, how a church should be established. And so when you read this, um, 1st, 2nd Timothy and Titus, you'll understand why, does church, why is church set up the way it is? It's from the Bible. Why are there elders? It's from the Bible. Why do we, we don't call deacons a lot, but because many times in our culture here in the Southeast, most people have a negative view against deacons, and I hate that, but that's just the reality. But we call it church leaderships. We call uh, someone in a leadership role. That's a deacon, someone who volunteers and serves in ministry and partners with the ministry, a deacon, you know. But Paul talks about these different things and how a church should be set up. And he's covering all these things just like Timothy with Titus. He's saying, here's some issues you're going to face in a church. So let's just be real up front before we go any further, right? How many of y'all know in a church, you're going to face issues? That's why when you come to church, you shouldn't have these expectations like those are angel wings sticking out the back of people's backs. That ain't what it is. They're just shoulder blades, man. That's just all it is. There's nothing holy about any of us in this room except for Jesus being in us. The reality is churches have issues. Because why? It's a room full of people. That's just the reality. And so Paul is not even skirting the issue. He's not even pretending that it should be so just beautiful, like you're never going to have any issues. He's saying, look, you're going to have some problems, Titus. Timothy, you're going to have some issues, so here's how you deal with them. He doesn't hide it. So when anybody asks you, church is full of hypocrites, just say, yeah, sure. Absolutely. Why don't you just come join us because you'll just fit right in. Like, you know, of course we are. I mean, every one of us are hypocritical in some area of our lives. But the reality is there's issues in a church, so Paul gives instruction to how to deal with some of these issues. So Titus, interesting, interesting young man. 
Timothy was a young pastor, so was Titus. Timothy was probably in his 35-ish, maybe, some give or take, five years. Titus, probably some around a little bit younger. But nonetheless, um, Titus is written by Paul. So I'll show you a little timeline real quick right here so I can show you this, and then we'll kind of go on. If you guys put up the screen on the timeline, I'll show you where um, about an idea. Give you an idea. I'll move out of the way so you guys can see over here. So you see Paul's first, second, third missionary journeys are over here, starting in AD 46, approximately to AD 57. And then you look at this. He's arrested in Jerusalem. He travels to Rome, AD 60. And then Paul writes Titus around 62 to 65, okay? And obviously he's martyred somewhere around 67. This gives you a timeline so you can understand. Paul was what we consider to be the greatest apostle of all times. Most of us would agree with that. He wrote the majority of your New Testament. And, and so Paul was gifted by God, a unique individual, to bring across something very, very important to us that as Christians, I think it might be the most important thing of our day. Not in every other country, because not every other country deals with this, but in our country, in our culture, your culture, this culture, I think he brings across something that might be the most important thing of your lifetime, as a matter of fact. Like so pivotal that if you don't get this right, Within the next three to five years, it may cause you to be shipwrecked in your faith. It may cause you to lose what you think you know about Christ. All because of something that's going around around you, you may not even realize. I think Paul brought this out in Titus, Timothy, and all three of his writings. It's his most major emphasis. And that is the area of something called doctrine. We, it sounds like a bad word. In churches, most people don't even talk about doctrine. Doctrine, It's like a negative word. It's not a negative word. It's almost like deacons. It's like a negative word. It's, deacons aren't bad. There's just bad people that try to be deacons. You know, get what I'm saying? Just being honest, right? Doctrine's not bad if it's based on the Bible. But that's the problem. When you remove a belief from the Bible, you say, I no longer... I don't know that I agree with that anymore. And man, listen, this is the most dangerous slope, I think, right now in our country. I just don't know that I agree with that. And, and I'm going to be as cool as I can be. I got a little, a little water right here. Like my wife says, like, take a breath, Jody, just because I know it's not you guys, but you know as well as I do. I mean, she is, you can't even search innocently anymore on a web, just Google something simple. I am looking for a dog. Now, we're not. Don't bring. Let me change. I am looking for bacon online. <clears throat> you can't search for bacon anymore without some freak trying to put something in a search block. It's ridiculous. So culture, you know what I'm talking about. I'm not picking on you. I'm just saying in the culture you live, it's very Babylonian. All right? If we're not careful as Christians... We will go down the same slippery slope because we have a problem with doctrine that God established because it doesn't fit in our culture any longer. So I'm talking to my kids about this. I'm talking to you about this now. I'm not picking. I'm just going to be real with you all this morning. We do not read our Bibles. I wrote this statement down. They get it from a book. It's from your pastor. All right? This is going to be good. You just write this down. But we do not read our Bibles to argue our beliefs but to be grounded in our beliefs. I am not here to argue with you about the doctrine of anything. Here's what I know. Everybody has a place in their life that they are with Christ, and there are some things you do not know that I know. And I'm cool with that. I'm not here to argue with that about you. But I also know there's some people that know some things that I do not know 
And that's cool. Don't argue with me about it. Because arguments never lead to spiritual development. They only lead to more arguments. Well, I don't agree with that. And then before you know it, well, I don't agree with that. Anyway, I'll tell you what I think. Before long, what are the people doing? <laughs> about the Bible. Before Christ, <laughs> I was not always a Christian, in case you didn't know that. I didn't grow up in a, you know, we went to Sunday school and stuff like that. But I was not just this model God that just grew up in the city, like loving Jesus all the time. Was not. My friends and I would hang out and do stupid stuff. I'll leave it there. Thank you. He knows. He might have been one of them. We did some stupid things. I remember one night I'm at the lake because of another reasons why it makes you act certain ways. Believe that. Lots of kids there. Nonetheless, I'm arguing with a guy about the Bible who is, we would say, three sheets in the wind. This brother had no sheets. You know what I'm saying? But I'm arguing with him about doctrine because of something I heard when I was a kid. And both of us are completely wrong. But all because we want to fight about something doesn't lend to spiritual development. So we don't read our Bibles to argue our beliefs, but to be grounded in our beliefs. This is why this is so important. You're not going to change culture. Culture is going to do what they want to do. But God's word will change us. And you will look different if you believe in the doctrine of God. So let me read you a couple of verses from Titus. Titus 1, and I'm going to read uh, Titus chapter 1, verse 6. We'll read through a couple of verses, and then I'm going to share a couple other things with you, okay? So as Paul is talking to Titus, he tells him how to construct the church. He says, namely this, if you're looking for bishops, overseers, or elders, if any man is above reproach, he has to be the husband of one wife, having children who believe, not accused of dissipation or rebellion. Dissipation just means, you know, could be drunkenness, could be um, uh, overindulgence in things, rebelliousness. For the overseer or bishop or pastor must be above reproach as God's steward, not self-willed, not quick-tempered, not addicted to wine, not pugnacious, not fond of sordid gain, but hospitable. So he gives a number of things he says you can't do, right? But then he says, this is what I want you to see, hospitable, loving what is good, sensible, mercy. Could we not use some more sensible stuff today? Just, devout, self-controlled, holding, watch this, verse 9, holding fast to the faithful word which is in accordance with the teaching, so that he'll be able to both exhort and sound what? And to refute those who contradict. This is why, as a pastor, you need to understand something about what we do as ministers of the gospel and why this is so passionate, a passion of mine right now. Because there are false preachers right now. Not talking about the people on TV anymore. Let's don't pick on those guys. They've been doing weird stuff for years. Not all of them, but, you know, a lot. Let's just be honest. I mean, you know, they ain't getting all that water from Israel and send it to you. If you believe that mess, you've been fooled. That is not com- They probably tap the water in it, put it in a bottle, send it to you. Whatever. Don't like that? That's the truth. Do you really think they're over there pulling water out? I feel like somebody, you believe that. Do you think that? Boy, it's quiet in here. Do you really think they're over there somewhere and cut up the shroud of Torin and sent you a little thread in the little mail? Give me a break. We'll believe that silly stuff, but we won't believe this. It's quiet in here. Y'all know that's not true. Okay. You surprised I would say it? Because it got like, I feel like, whoo. Wait a minute, I wouldn't touch that. 
hey, listen, man, I've seen some stuff before. I know some stuff's real and I don't understand. But I've seen some guys just pull some wool over people's, you know, like, that ain't real. If it's real, won't you take it that show on the road and take it to Rome, Georgia? I got some people you can, let's see if it works. Come on, real, Cherish told you real. That's real. She making that stuff up. That's real. But that stuff coming in the mail to you, come on. Come on, man. Why is it a passion man? Because I am seeing more and more false doctrine being propagated. And I'm not talking about stuff trying to get you money. I'm talking about stuff that says, well, this offends people, so we better not talk about marriage anymore. Oh, pastor, you better be careful. Why are you hitting on that so hard? Because I'm tired of my kids wondering what's the difference. Why do we put men and women on the bathrooms? Because there's a man and a woman. That's why. Period. And so, see, but the problem is everybody else is so loud out there, you're afraid to talk about it. Because, oh, we don't want to offend anybody. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just letting my voice be heard as much as everybody else's. The reality is this God created male and female. And that is of God. And you are a beautiful creation. And when people say you're confused and tell little children now that they have to be confused, you don't know. No, 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 no. See, that's wrong. Because now a child is confused. You lead a child down a path. And Jesus said it'd be better if a millstone was hung around your neck than to kick one of these kids off onto a wrong path. Might want to re- re- be careful with all that stuff. I'm going to tell my kids they're confused about anything. My kids are tough, man. We got chickens. I got one throwing a chicken around the thing. She's trying to put them in a car, driving down the road. I get mud on them all the time. I'm at them out there. We was working this week, digging in the garden, planting. Look, my kid, but that don't make them a dude just because he get in the mud. And listen, if a guy likes to bake, that don't make him a girl. Look at Bobby Flay. That joker is rolling, baby. If, I, if y'all had a son and wanted to be a baker, just send him on, man. Like, hey, he might be helping you out later. You don't know. But you can't get into this culture. You have to believe the structure of the scriptures. And he said, you exhort in sound doctrine and refute those who contradict. So that's why it's a pastor of mine. I, almost every week I hear of another pastor, a church, or somebody that said, we're there deciding to just stop talking about this. At some point, you're going to, you know, we have a lot of churches here, but at some point, you might run out of them that actually believe some stuff. I'm not picking. I'm just being real with you. And the reality is our kids are going to pay the price, not us. It's not us. We're going to enjoy it. We're going to retire. Everything's going to be great, and you're going to go to be with Jesus. But if we don't snap and explain the truth to them, they are the ones that will pay the price for what is going on right now. And so... I'm not being mean. I'm just wanting my voice heard as well. Keep on going. Verse 10. Watch this. This is what Paul says. For there are many rebellious men, empty talkers and deceivers, plural, especially those of the circumcision. These were people who believed that circumcision got you into heaven still. In our culture, we don't, we're not tied up in all that. But there's a lot of Christians today who will tell you, well, it's okay if. And they compromise the convictions of the gospel. And I'm not a perfect guy. I make mistakes. Just ask Kaylee, okay? has nothing to do with our mistake level in life. But it has everything to do with what do you actually believe and will you hold on to it whether you can do it or not. You understand? I love her as the best of my ability, but do I really believe that I love her like Christ loves the church 100%? Probably not. I love her with all my heart. I'd do anything for I could. I'd help her. But that's a pretty high standard, don't you think, fellas? I mean, you know, that's beyond Hallmark right there. You know what I mean? That's, that's, 
that, that's like, that's another level altogether, right? I do my best, but y'all know that I'm going to fall. I'm not going to meet that mark all the time. But I believe with all my heart, I'm supposed to love her like Jesus loves the church. So therefore, that's my standard. Do I meet it all the time? No, but that is my standard and I will not compromise that. Well, maybe I should love her like, you know, I don't know. Maybe like somebody else loves the church. No, Jesus. That's the standard. So he goes on and says, these people will deceive you if you let them. Verse 11, he says, these must, <clears throat> they must be silenced. Why? Because they're upsetting whole families. They teach things that they should not teach for the sake of sordid gain. There's your thread in the envelope thing if you still wondering about that. Your tap water from Israel that comes to you. Anyway, just being real. <clears throat> that might get me in trouble today. I don't know. One of themselves, this is a guy. Now, this is from the area of Crete. I'll show you in just a minute where this is. He says, one of, one of themselves, a prophet of their own, said, Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, and lazy gluttons. Now, Paul had a, this is interesting, but Paul had a pretty negative view about the island of Crete. He said about this, this testimony is true. So Paul is basically saying, yeah, they're a bunch of liars, evil beasts, gluttons. I mean, Paul just laying it out there, man. I mean, wow, Paul. He didn't like Crete very much. He said this testimony is true. But then he said this, for this reason, reprove them severely so that they may be sound in the what? Faith. Not paying attention to Jewish myths and commandments of men who turn away from the truth. Now, here's the question I have for you this morning is this. Number one is, do I accept or do I reject doctrine? You can pick, and when I say doctrine, I mean the tenets of faith that we all hold dear. If they are a Bible-believing church, do you realize that we agree on pretty much everything? On the major things, the majority of churches, if they are evangelical, Christ-centered churches, they believe in the same things. It's just ice cream flavor is all it is. We might be loud and you might need earplugs. Go to some place and there's no music and it's just acapulco. You know what I'm saying? And just, that's acapella, I know. I'm just trying to loose you up a little bit. Nonetheless, it's flavors of ice cream. If you come to my house, listen, baby, there's going to be some vanilla, but there's going to be some chocolate syrup because I like chocolate in my ice cream. You know what I'm saying? There's going to be some candy in the freezer, maybe some frozen Reese's. Yeah, baby. Because I like some chocolate. For you, maybe you're a strawberry ice cream person. Good for you. Every now and then, maybe. But I ain't going to the fridge every night for strawberry ice cream. That just don't motivate me. It's not worth the calorie intake to go for strawberry ice cream. But it's just flavors. Evangelical churches pretty much believe the same thing. For the most part. For the most part. But do I accept or do I reject the doctrines? Because listen, our beliefs, hear me carefully, are not based, our beliefs, they're based on eternal realities. Not temporary. This book is not based on something that was given to us to say, well, this is just a temporary thing to help you through. This is God Almighty's word. And he gave it to us for a reason. To accept what he said. This is from the beginning of time with Adam and Eve. They rejected God's doctrine. What was that? You may have any other fruit you want. Strawberries, apples, pears, whatever. Plenty of stuff in this garden. Look at it. It's beautiful. Except one. Don't eat 
that tree over there because that's mine. I don't, I, that's mine. Now you can get all kind of stuff. I ain't got time to teach on all that free will and everything else. But what did they do? But why did they eat it? They were what? They were what? Mm-hmm. It's been going on since the beginning of time. And if you're not careful, you'll be like a frog sitting in the water when the temperature gets turned up. And you'll be boiled before you even know it. Because we don't know about good doctrine. Or we don't pay attention to it because it's offending people today. So 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 1. I'm going to go back to Timothy a little bit. Because Paul is expecting you to understand as Titus what he's also talked to Timothy about. This is Paul's close-knit pastors and overseers. So he says to Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 1. He says, I solemnly charge you in the presence of God in Christ Jesus. Who's he talking to? Who's he talking to? Second who? This is Timothy, but... In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, but who's, who's Paul talking to here? He's talking to Timothy. The reality is, if someone stands, whether it be me or whoever, it doesn't matter, a member of the clergy, a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, not caught, so they got on the line and got a card. I'm talking about they had been ordained of God, they had been set apart by elders, they have been prayed for, and they had said, yeah, there's a call. I'm talking about getting some off online, I'm a minister now. They, you ain't a minister. You're not. I hate it. Because doctrine says an elders should pray, lay hands, and separate you to the call of ministry. Pretty clear by the Bible. But now we can go online and get everything we want. Let me just tell you something. That little card, because if you're not called, it won't work. Promise you that. Promise you that. But he says to Timothy, he says, I solemnly charge you in the presence of who? God. That's a pretty big ticket. And who? Oh, all of a sudden, okay, let's think about it before, before we do this pastoring thing, this, this ministry thing here, uh, Paul. That's a big, that's a lot. I thought I was working for you. Paul said, no, 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 no. You were for him. It's a big deal, son. You going to do it or not? Come on, man up or get out. What you going to do? Okay, I'll do it. Timothy was a little timid dude, man. He's like, he was timid. That's why Paul, don't, don't have a spirit of fear, bud. I didn't give you that. Give you sound mind. Give you power and authority. So he says this to Timothy. He says, I charge you in the presence of God and Jesus Christ, who is to judge the living and the dead. And by his appearing in his kingdom, he says, first, listen to this. Preach the word. What is that? Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. That don't mean like you come in one day and say, hey, will you preach for me? That's not what that means. That means whether the conditions are favorable or they are not. You, you have to decide this as a church. You do. Not me. You do. Do you want to be in a church that actually hears the word or do you want to appease culture? You can't have both. You can't have both. But there are churches all over, and it breaks my heart, that they're just going to appease the culture. Now, Haley asked me this a while back. She said, what are you going to do? Because this whole thing was going through. And, it, you know, this stuff gets in the Internet, and everybody gets all worked up over stuff. And ah, it's in the world kind of thing about every five weeks, it seems like. But, you know, the Equality Act thing was going through for a while, and it was the hoopla thing. And it, it's, a, it's a lot of junk in it. But... The reality is, Haley and I was talking, and, and you know, the, the proposition was for clergy. Like, man, they're going to try and make you 
marry anybody that wants to get married. If a guy, a guy comes, says, marry us. If you don't, they'll kind of, you know, the threat is, oh, they'll take your, take your church, whatever. I don't know. They make it. People just inflate all this stuff on the internet. Now, there's some stuff in there that's pretty interesting terminology. She said, what will you do? And I said, well, I won't marry them. And she said, no, I know, but they're saying you're going to have to if you're going to be a pastor. I said, I don't have to do anything. Like, all of a sudden, that, that, the, look, he's dead, but y'all don't know. The old man, like, he's dead. He's down in there. He's under the, he's under the dirt. But tell me I don't, or tell me I have to try and make, all of a sudden, he tries to, it's like, <laughs> you know, he starts coming back alive. Uh, you know, like, that's not a living dead. Now, I know the new zombies are fast. They're quick. Like, they jump stuff. I'm just saying, mine comes up slowly. I have to get back down. Get back down. And all of a sudden, it goes like, no, no, I don't have to do anything. Don't tell me I have to do something. So anyway, what would you do? I said, well, I wouldn't do it. She said, what if they make you? They ain't going to make me do anything. She said, yeah, but what if they say, you do this or we take it? I take the church. You can have that 501c3. I don't care. Take it and do whatever you want to with it. I don't care. Now, you would have to decide what you're going to do. That's the reality. But for me, I'm going to stick right here, and I'm going to be as clear as I can be about it. I ain't going to run down the sidewalks with my signs and bullhorns and freaking people out. But this is God's house, and I can talk freely about this if I want to. Right? But I'm not going to change it. So good. So there you go. But you need to be clear. I'm just saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to nail this home. You better be clear with your children about this. You better be clear with them. And I'm telling you that about as strong as I can tell you as from the unction of the Lord, you better teach your children the right things and don't bind to this cultural thing that's watered down gospel. If you do, you're responsible for it, not me. Because I'm telling you the truth. If you tell your kids and you tell them something different, you say, well, this is okay and that's okay, it's on your head. You carry that home with you today. It ain't on your church's head. We're over there teaching them the truth right now, but you tell them something different, that's on you. Gosh, Pastor, that's pretty heavy. Yeah, in the presence of God and Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, amen. Do whatever you need to do. Yeah, it's real. For sure, it's eternal. It's not temporary. What we thinking all of a sudden, like, well, you know, it's just a collection of a, like some kind of a social club. It ain't. Anyway, I forgot where I was at. I'm sorry. Okay, yeah, okay, here we go. Here we go. So, so what's this? So, so what do you do? You be ready in and out of season, whether it's favorable or not. You reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. I won't be patient with people, but at the same time, I'm not going to be milly mouth about it. Well, it's okay if you smack your wife around. I mean, we're all trying to grow in God. No, 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 no. See, what we're going to do is we're going to remove you from the situation. And then she'll be all right. Now, you will get you some stuff. We'll help you. But no, we're not going to excuse that stuff. So you deal with it. But then he says, watch this. But the time is coming when they will not endure what? Sound for the time is here. But they want to have their ears tickled. You know what it is like? You know what I mean? It's like when something's itching. Like you can't, it's like you do your best. It's like you just can't get that spot. It means you, you just need some help. You're not supposed to use Q-tips. I learned that from the NT, right? You know, 
Doc told me, you don't use Q-tips. And my mom-in-law, too, and my wife, and everybody's in that little world told me, you never use Q-tips. Well, what did they make them for? <laughs> thought that's for your ear, man. All this time, I didn't know. But you do it. What's it for, mama? <laughs> Clean out your belly button with it. There you go. That's a Doc Morgan thing right there. That's got to be. So, you know what? They're going to turn their ears from the truth, and they'll turn aside to what? Myths. But you, Timothy, and he says it to you, Timothy, and to the church, but you be sober in all things. You endure hardship and do the work of an evangelist and fulfill your ministry. I'm just telling you something right now. If your Christianity does not get difficult at times, where your belief system is put up and exposed to others, and you're having to defend why you believe what you believe, it may be that you have bought into some myths. If the culture accepts your Christianity so easily that you just have no, they, they have no problems with you whatsoever, I would question your doctrine. Because at this point right now, I can give you about five things from the Bible that people are so against. When Jesus said that he walked in and he said in Scripture, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the different places, but it talks about this, how that the Pharisees were so angry with Jesus. The people heard him preach and they said, wow, this man preaches with, with authority. We, not like the Pharisees. They got so mad at him that they gnashed their teeth at him. That's what I feel like is going on today. Like if they could, I think they would eat you alive. You know, just like so angry. Your Christianity, it's not about your, your church. It's not about your, your culture of Christianity. It's about your faith. Do you believe in sound doctrine? So he says, so just so you can understand, what is doctrine, this, this, this category of what is doctrine? It simply means this. It means what is received. In the Old Testament, this is what it means. The Torah. It's actually the first five books of the Old Testament. What we would call the law. In Greek, it would be the Pentateuch. Now, I know we're not, we don't live by the law. We're under grace. Thank Jesus for this. Grace. But the standard, come on, you see where I'm going, right? The standard is here, which is why Jesus came. Because we cannot achieve. But Jesus did not say, hey, don't worry about the law. Don't worry about the prophets. I'm here. I'm going to fix it all. He said, no, no, I did not come to abolish the law or the prophets, but to what? To fulfill it. He never took the standard away. He just did something new within your heart that had never been done before. You realize in the Old Testament, people were forgiven, right? They were. They were forgiven. So if all of our Christianity is based simply on the forgiveness of sin, there's something not right about that. Because they were forgiven in the Old Testament. Blood of bulls, goats, calves, all those different things they brought offerings to cover their sins. Jesus did not come just to forgive you of sin. He came to create within you a new creation. Behold, all things have become new. The reality is, is this. When culture says, well, I'm just made this way. When culture says, well, I don't agree with that. Culture says, I think your doctrine is more dogma. You say, no, no, no. It's not true. The difference is, is this. I'm born again. I'm not, I'm not trying to live according to the culture here. I'm trying to understand that I've been born again. And 
And if you're not saved, if someone's not a Christian, they're not born again, they're never going to understand spiritual things. You have to be born again first. See, people want, well, prove it. Well, pr- that's not the way it works. You're redeemed by Christ, not just forgiven. There is a big difference in that statement. So, so what is about uh, doctrine? Let me, let me read this scripture to you and I'll close out with this last thought. So in Proverbs chapter 4, here's a good example of, of doctrine. Proverbs 4 and verse 1. It says, Hear, O sons, the instructions of a father, and give attention that you might gain understanding. For I give you, watch this, sound, what? You could take the word doctrine and put right there, sound teaching, sound doctrine. Do not abandon my instruction. See, so my daughter, this just yesterday now we got a little garden space and uh we plant i don't know just a number of different things but i've got a couple of fig trees here and there and i had one that just grew up like on its own little bitty thing and it grew up in a really strange spot of the property i dug it up moved it to the garden and this was uh a year and a half ago and to be honest with you got real busy and mowed the lawn around it you know just circled it with a mower that kind of thing and just these weeds just grew up right in the middle of the, the little fig. It's, only little, it's just a little thing. Now, we've got fig trees that are bigger than that drum cage. But this is a little bit. It's just a small one. And so my oldest daughter's out there with me, and we are yesterday pulling weeds out from this little bitty fig tree. I'm talking to her, and uh, we're just having a conversation. I said, do you know why? I said, weeds are such a pain. They're such a pain. And she's like, yeah, you know, and she, I'm showing her how to do this because she can do the next one. And I said, look, you know, do you know why these weeds are here? And she said, they just grow. You know, she's against the weeds too. They're a pain, you know. Like, yeah, they just grow wherever. Weeds, you don't have to plant a seed. You don't have to water them. You don't have to do, you don't have to go to visit Lowe's for miracle Grow or anything else. A weed will grow on top of the cement if you just leave it alone. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. Oh, but you want to plant a pear tree? Oh, <laughs> Oh, it's like a you know an event to try to get something to grow that you want to eat. So we're working on this and finally get it all cleared out. And I said, you know, I know that sometimes you guys feel like mom and I are a little too what's the word now helicopter parents, whatever. Sign me up. I think it's ridiculous. People think they just leave their kids to by themselves. Helicopter all you want. I mean, I say like you know what I mean like. Don't smother them, but still know where they're at. It's a good thing. <clears throat> so I said, I know you think that we're sometimes over you too much. We're trying to whatever. I said, but baby, you guys are a lot like this, like this little baby fig tree, if you will. So, you know, I said, you know why those weeds are here? Because I didn't take care of it. I didn't keep the weeds out. They almost overtook the tree, but... Now we've got it cleaned out. It's kind of in bad shape, but we're going to fix it. We mulched it good. We dug around it. We put some new dirt and stuff and mulched it. And it was, I said, look, I'm going to water it. It's going to be better. It's going to come back. It's going to take a little longer, but it's going to come back. I said, you see those big fig trees that are bigger than this, like, drum cage? Yeah, I said, you know, I don't ever weed those. Never have to. They're so big now, they, they smother the weeds out. They can handle themselves pretty well. I said, I know we feel like we're constantly, like, watching for stuff and asking questions, but... It's only because we love you, and I'm trying to keep the weeds out, babe. That's all I'm doing. I'm just trying to keep the weeds out because you're not yet ready.
to keep all the weeds out yourself. You don't even know what that is over there. But I do. I see it as something that is a detriment to your life. So I'm going to keep that out for a little bit longer. Now, when you get older, you can be like one of these over here. And you can squash that mess out yourself because you're going to see it. But right now, baby, I'm just trying to keep the weeds out. That's all I'm doing. But if I just let go and never say anything, this world will throw everything at our families. And you will be dealing with a mess on your hands. All because we don't want to offend anybody. And I'm telling you today, the best thing you do for your family, give them the truth. Give them the tr- Love them enough to just say, we're going to be the weird people and people are going to hate us. But honey, this is the truth of the gospel. And I love you too much. Just let this world bring up a bunch of weeds in your life and ruin all the fruit that you can produce. You are too special and too valuable to God to allow this world to ruin you. And so I'm going to give you the truth. And I know our friends don't like it sometimes. I know your friends may not agree with it sometimes. And I may whatever. But this is what we're going to do. So this morning, when you say, well, man, doctrine, is it really that big of a deal? Yes, it is that big of a deal. <clears throat> there are numbers of verses in Hebrews that talks about the doctrine of elementary things. Some of that, which one of those is the resurrection of the dead. It, Paul considers that to be a basic doctrine of the faith. Simple. Interesting. Your Bible is filled with beautiful things that God has given you to build your life on. Keep the weeds of this culture out of your family. So this morning, I want to pray for you. And I understand that, hey man, maybe I made some of you nervous. I don't know. Maybe I picked on your favorite guy. I don't know. Maybe it was this. Look, man, I, I bought into some of that stuff too. But the reality is this. This is truth. This won't let you down. Okay? can't build your life on myths and sayings and all this other you got to build it on this right here this right here so this morning don't you close your eyes and bow your head just for a moment right where you are i want to pray for you and pray for your families and if you're here this morning man you feel like man this world is just caving in around you you feel like mercy i feel like i'm the only one i'm telling you you're not the only one that's the lie of the enemy he wants you to believe that we're the weirdos that we're out there by ourselves and nobody believes like we believe that is not true the loudest people are not the largest group of the people. Just not true. So right now, I want you to just hear this before I pray for you. When Elijah was confronted from the enemies of the Lord, he had a servant that was with him and said, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Look how many of them are. And he said, oh, Lord, would you open up his eyes and let him see that there are more that are with us than are with them? You need to understand that there are angels of God that encamp around your family. They encamp around your home. The scriptures say that they're just waiting for the word of the Lord to be proclaimed, for them to go and do what the word of God says. And they sit around just waiting, 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 waiting. And all they're looking for is for someone to open up their Bible and just proclaim some doctrine over their family that says, as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. So this morning, in the name of Jesus, Father, I pray for every family in here, everybody watching online right now, Lord, that you would just stir up some courage on the inside of our hearts to believe and know that we are not alone, that we are not a small group of people, but you have a mighty, mighty, mighty church all across this planet. And whether it's in steeples this morning or meeting underground or in homes all across this globe, Lord, there are more that are with you 
that are with this world. And I just thank you in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you would cause us to understand and believe the doctrines of God. That, Lord, that we would believe more in your word than we would this culture around us. That we would teach our families and train them up in the way of the Lord. And the nourishment and admonition of God. And I thank you for every husband and every wife in this room. I pray that you would give them strength as parents. I pray that you would help them learn the temperament of their children, know how to parent each one of them the way that you created them and what they need for this season. And I thank you, Lord, for every person here that maybe is not married, but, Lord, they have a heart and a desire to serve you, to, to honor you. They're looking for a spouse or they're praying about that. In Jesus' name, I pray that you give them the one that, that is, is, is fired up and is, is in love with you, Jesus, as they are. God, put, put them together with good people, Lord, that love you. That won't pull them away from the faith, but God, that believes strongly in your word, Lord. And I thank you for it, God. And I thank you, Lord, if there's anybody here watching online that doesn't know you today, I pray that they would receive you and your son Jesus today. So with your eyes closed, no one looking around, I just want to <clears throat> take a moment and do this. If you're here and you don't know Christ, but you need to, I just want to just pray this prayer with me and this whole church right now. Say, dear Jesus, I come to you today and I give you my life. I give you my heart. Dear Jesus, I make you the Lord of my life. I ask you to recreate in me a new person. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Man, if you prayed that prayer, we are so proud of you. Right, church? Would you give my hand? So this morning, if you need help, and which if you just prayed that prayer, I would encourage you strongly to go to the site, connect.cornerstonerome.com. Those are in the seat backs of your chair as well. You can do it that way. Drop it in the offering box if you want to. But you can visit that if you're watching online, connect.cornerstonerome.com. We'll help you get started walking with Christ, get you a Bible, help you with whatever you might need. I just want to really encourage you in that. That, that you begin that process. Let people help you in the doctrines of God. It's important that you know what God's Word says because culture will try to distray you from and pull you away from God's Word. And so this morning, I want you to stand before we go. I'm going to speak this over you as a church family before we leave. Don't forget, if you want to join us at the campus house, we'll be having Catch the Vision. It'll take about an hour. And so uh, if we get too many people over there, we'll, we'll, we might move outside. It's a nice day. So uh, don't worry about that kind of thing, all right? So before we go, I'd love to speak this over you guys. Uh, this is out of Numbers chapter 6, and this is a verse that uh, Moses told Aaron. He said, listen, man, when you speak this, you speak this over the people of God. And the Lord said, when you do this, I myself will bless. And this is not from a pastor. This isn't a myth. This is Jesus instructing us as clergy to do something for you, right? So it simply says this, may the Lord bless you and may he keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and may he give you his peace. In Jesus' name, that is our prayer for you. God bless you guys. Dismiss. We'll see you next week. If today's message blessed you, we want to encourage you to take a moment and share this podcast with a friend. Remember, there's one hope for every heart, and that's Jesus. See you next time.